Prayer is to be done throughout things, and prayer is supposed to end things. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. Amen. I thank the Lord for waking me up this morning. That's always my first prayer and testimony. Hey, God woke me up, not because of anything I've done, but because he's good. And he saw fit to allow me to be here this evening. I thank you for receiving me. And as Dexter said, I am home. This is Ark of Salvation is home for me. And uh, good to see familiar faces and some new faces as well. And uh, to God be the glory. And I want you to receive whatever it is that God has for you this evening. Because God, I believe God is going to speak to every one of us here on today. Amen. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Father, we praise you and we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you shall do. We receive you, Lord God. We receive your love. We receive your instruction. We receive your word, oh God. Use us in whatever way you see fit. Speak through me, Lord God. Use my mouth, use my tongue, use my heart, use my whole entire being, Lord God. One, so you can get the glory, and so two, so your people can get the word that you have for them this evening. We thank you for it in advance. And we praise your name, and it's in Jesus' name that we all say, amen, amen. The word of the Lord that I'd like to speak from this evening comes from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 18 through 20. Luke, chapter 10, verses 18 through 20, and it says, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Somebody say amen. amen. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let the church say amen. amen. The topic of my sermon this evening is the Lord gives power. The Lord gives power. Understand that the reason you woke up this morning is because the Lord gave power. Amen. There is nothing you can do. There's nowhere you can go. There's nothing you can speak. There's nothing you can think unless the Lord gives power. Understand God has all power. In his hand, the Bible says that when he chose to give his life up and to die on Calvary, that he went down into the tomb and three days later he arose. And when he arose, he didn't arise without. He rose with all power in his hand. And so understand God gives power. Understand also God is the source of all power. Jesus gave the disciples power and Jesus also gave his church power. My question to you tonight is, are we using the power that God gave us? Look at your neighbor and say, are you using the power? Understand, God also gave power for purpose. According to Deuteronomy 8.18, it is the Lord that gives the power to get wealth. Why? So he can establish his covenant. And that Bible verse says, remember the Lord. 
Because if you don't remember him and acknowledge him and trust him and obey him, you can't tap into the power. Look at your neighbor and say, you have to have relationship with him. You've got to know him because he knows you and he loves you with an everlasting love. And I just want to share with you for the remainder of this sermon, there's some, some things I call the power team, some principles that God gave me. And I just want to share them with you. And I pray that, that they be a blessing to you and that you use them in your life. Understand that knowledge and wisdom is wonderful, but it's useless if we don't use and apply what we've learned. Amen. Amen. The first principle of the power team is prayer. Somebody say pray. Men ought to always pray and not faint. Understand that prayer is to begin things. Prayer is to be done throughout things. And prayer is supposed to end things. Understand the Bible says pray without ceasing. Prayer is communication with God. If we don't tap into him, there's nothing that we'll be able to do that will be successful. Understand prayer is an exercise of the spirit. The same way your natural man needs exercise, your spirit man needs exercise. Prayer is a key to the kingdom of God. You cannot tap into or access God's presence, and he won't come into your presence unless you have a relationship where you're praying daily, constantly. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to pray. You've got to pray. If you want this world to change like we all say we do, we've got to pray. The church has got to pray. And I put myself in that, in that same situation. I'm part of the church. Even us ministers, us deacons, us ushers, us, us trustees, we have to pray more. The more we pray, the more power God will allow to us. Number two, we need the principles of God. That is the word of God. Learn and live the principles of God and the principles of life. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. The gospel is the word and the word brings wisdom. You have to study your word. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Everything begins with a word. Ultimately, your destiny started with a word. The word is a seed. You choose how you plant the seed. You choose where you plant the seed. But if you have no seed, then you can't do any planting. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower and the principles of God our seed that we need in order to get the power of God accessed in our lives. Amen? Number three, purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a purpose. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, We are saved and called with a holy calling, not according to works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Everyone in this place Everyone outside of this building has a purpose. We were created for purpose. We were created on purpose. And one of our jobs is once we understand what our purpose is, we're to go out and teach our brother and our sister and our fathers and our cousins that they have purpose. 
Because when you teach purpose, then you don't have to worry about so much promiscuity. Somebody say amen. amen. When someone knows the reason that they were created and why they're here, when they walk in purpose, then they walk based on the plan and the design of God. In the book of Jeremiah 29, 11, God said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Somebody say, you need to understand your purpose. Number four is perspective. Perspective, the power of vision. Live life with balanced perspective. How you see a thing determines whether or not you'll be able to seize that thing. Amen? I want to just, even right now in the middle of this sermon, acknowledge the blessing of my spiritual father, Bishop Dale C. Bronner. The wisdom that God has used him to pour into me is beyond imagination. And I just, the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And I thank the Lord for someone who gives their life for the gospel and not only walks, not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. Somebody say amen. amen. You have to have right perspective in order to receive what God wants you to receive. If you don't see it well, it won't be well for you. How do you see life? Is your glass half full or is it half empty? It's all about your perspective. It will be as you are. Let me say that again. It will be as you are. How do you think? When I played basketball in high school, my coach used to tell me, everything looks good. You, 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 the move was good. You went to the hoop pretty well, but you missed a shot. You know why? Because your mind was not on finishing. You had stinking thinking going on. Your perspective was not correct. You were not focused on the job at hand. We need to be focused and have the right perspective on what it is God wants us to do. He didn't put me here to just do what I want and enjoy myself and everything. He gave me a holy calling and a perspective to keep my, 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 my face to the flint and, and continue to walk in the purpose that he designed for us. But I have to keep perspective. Number five is preparation. Say preparation. Bishop told us that the reason for every failure in life is a lack of preparation. Are you prepared? Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? You know, we pray for a lot of things, but the truth of the matter is a lot of times God doesn't give those to us when we pray because we're not ready at the time. Somebody say amen. And I've learned that I don't know when I'm ready. So I have to ask God, Lord, I feel okay, but how am I really? You can see the outside. You can see the inside. You know my beginning and you know my end, Lord. Where am I? He's the one that tells me whether or not I am prepared. Zig Ziglar has a formula for success. He says success is equal to opportunity plus preparation. Opportunities always come. They come and go. But are you going to be prepared when that opportunity comes, the one that you've been praying about? Are you prepared? What are you doing to prepare? Preparation to me has two components. One is planning. That's mental strategizing. Secondly, it has to do with practice. Practice is process repetition or the rehearsal of execution. As an example, when a football team prepares for the next week's game, they first go into a tape room to watch tape on the team that they're going to be playing so they can plan strategy. 
They look at X's and O's and determine mentally what the strategy is going to be on how they're going to defeat the enemy or the competition on the next Sunday. Secondly, after they watch tape, they go out on the playing field for two, three, four, five hours and work on executing the plan that they worked on in the tape room. Because, you know, you can plan something and not execute the way God called you to execute. We need to focus on planning and we need to focus on practice so that our preparation will have us ready. Bishop always tells us the more sweat lost in training, the less blood lost in battle. The more sweat lost in training, the less blood lost in battle. The more you're prepared, the less losses you will have to take. Number six is priority. The power of order. Make decisions and choices in life based on God-ordained priority. Tom Hopkins said, getting in touch with your true self must be your first priority. First, you have to understand who you are. That's priority number one. If I don't understand who I am and where I am mentally, physically, spiritually, then I can't help organize or prioritize anyone else's life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get you right first. Know who you are before you seek to do anything. William Arthur Ward said, wise are those who learn that the bottom line doesn't always have to be their top priority. Money means nothing if your soul is not right with God. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? The bottom line will be the last line if you don't get you right and take priority in your own homes. We've been taught many times at the cathedral, and you've been taught here, the principle that God is first in all things. Family is second, and then I say it like this, everything else is third. The priority is God, your personal life and relationship with him, and then your family, your family, your family. Look at your neighbor and say, continue to love and spend time with your family. Look at your neighbor. Continue to love and spend time with your family. Because at the end of the day, that's all you really have in this earth realm is your family. Number seven is passion. Say passion. I was looking at my brother as he came up here and and my sister, Miss Stephanie, Worshiping the Lord and giving God praise, not because they had to do it, but because they love God. And the passion is evident in, their, in, their, in, their, in the, the way they would sway and the way they were singing and the way they were clapping and giving God praise. Passion is evident. And passion is life changing. It's not what you know that changes people. It's your passion. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Passion shows how much you really care. I have more influence with the passion that I have than if I had 13 degrees. Somebody say amen. Amen. You've got to be passionate about your life. You've got to be passionate about praising God and thanking him and giving him the glory and acknowledging, Lord, you took care of me when I didn't even know you. Be passionate about. Is he not worthy to be passionate about? I learned a long time ago, if I can go to, amen, give him praise. Give him praise tonight. 
If I can go to a football game and see the Falcons and a basketball game and see the Hawks and see the Braves at Turner Field and be happy and jump up and down and do the wave and all this stuff, why can't I give him the praise that he rightly deserves? Somebody say amen. Take 10 seconds and say, thank you, Jesus. Say hallelujah. God is worthy to be praised. Carl Buchner said, they may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. My question to you tonight is, how do you make people feel? How are they when you leave them? Do you leave them in a worse condition than when you came? Or do you leave them with prayer? Do you leave them with a strategy? Do you leave them with encouragement and empowerment? What do you leave people with? Because the way you leave a situation determines how you enter the next situation. Somebody say amen. amen. You've got to have passion. I'm passionate about life. You know why? Because God didn't have to give me life. Be passionate. Be passionate. Be passionate. Love your life. Love your family. Passionately. Not just so-so, but with them, with vigor, with strength, with all your strength. That's how God says to love him. You shall love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, thy strength, thy heart. Amen? amen. Number eight is perseverance. Say perseverance. perseverance. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't quit. You can't quit. Amen. Perseverance. Pastor C. Elijah came to the cathedral a couple of weeks ago and just messed us up with a sermon called The Power of Perseverance. Amen. You've got to keep going. There's an old Christian spiritual that says, I believe I'll run on and see what the end's going to be. Why? Because I have God on my side. You have to persevere. The Holy Spirit told me, persevere past the pain and the fear. Persevere past the pain and the fear. Look at your neighbor and say that now. Persevere past the pain and the fear. Because Jesus is waiting on the other side. Amen. Amen. Bishop always tells us, never back down when God is backing you up. Persevere in your purpose. Persevere in your prayer life. Persevere in your preparation. Keep preparing. I, I, if you don't get the job, prepare for the next one. If you don't get that interview, take, get another interview. There was one job God blessed me with that it took me three interviews to get that job over a course of probably about three, four years. When I finally got the job, let me show you how God works. I only worked to, at that place for maybe nine months or so, but in that nine months, I got more of an increase and more promotion than I had gotten in the prior five years of working in that industry, which goes to show you what God can do for you if you persevere, if you continue to press. God knows the timing of everything. So don't think just because it didn't happen for you that time that it won't happen for you the next time. Can somebody say hallelujah? God is worthy to be praised. In closing, I just want to say that the power team creates an atmosphere of faith in God. God called us to be atmosphere changers. As Bishop has taught us, there's a difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. The thermometer reads the temperature that's already present in the room, but the thermostat sets the temperature. When you walk in the room, you should set the temperature. You change the precedence. If there's profanity in the room, you should change the atmosphere without ever opening your mouth. Yeah. 
When you walk in the room, if depression was in the room, depression has to leave when you come in, not because of the vessel that you are, but because of the Holy Ghost that dwells on the inside of you. Somebody say amen. amen. The power, the power. We need his power. The Bible says that the, the earth is groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know why? Because they want to see God's power in the church. They want to see what God has promised us in Scripture. And the only way we can do that is to use the power team. Only way we can do that is obey God, is trust God, is know his word and walk it out. I believe the young people have a song that says, West Side, walk it out. Look at your neighbor say, West Side, walk it out. Walk out the word. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Do the word. Do the word. We've got to do what God called us to do. The power team generates an attitude of confidence in self based on the confidence developed in God. See, God wants you to have confidence in you because he put everything in you that you have. So he knows what you're capable of. The problem is most of us don't know yet what we're capable of. Learn what you can do. This, when you get in this word right here and get in prayer, God will teach you who he is, and then he'll teach you what you can do. Thirdly, the power team draws God's anointing to destroy the works of the devil. Lord have mercy. Je Jesus said he, he came to destroy the works of the devil. When you walk like him, when you talk like him, when you act like him, you can destroy the evil works like him. Somebody say amen. amen. We need to model Christ the way that he said to model him in scripture. We need to have the mind of Christ. We need to have the prayer life that Christ had. Bishop is teaching a series to us right now called Teach Us to Pray. Not teach us how to pray. Uh, but teach us to pray because you can know how to do something and never do it. The man who knows how to read and does not read is no better than the man that can't read. Somebody say amen. It's useless if you don't use it. Look at your neighbor and say it's useless if you don't use it. You got to use it. You got to use it. You got to use it and trust God when you use it. He said to pray. He said, speak in tongues, speak in tongues, build up your most holy faith, get in your word, love. Y'all know love is a weapon in Jesus. Now, I look at love as a weapon from God. It's the greatest weapon you can ever use. There's no defense ah, against love, love, love. Love your neighbor, love yourself. They can't defend against the love that God has placed in your heart. Somebody say amen. Remember to use prayer. And the principles of God. Understand purpose with right perspective. Prepare, prioritize so you can execute with passion. Say passion. And determine to persevere so that God can get the glory. Somebody say amen. 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 My time is almost up, but if you would like to hear this message in, a, in its entirety, please log on to airjesus.com and type in message 6308. And we want to thank you for joining us today for Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the word. Yeah.